We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 301. Many of you know our guest today. She is the founder of FitEc, which is an apparel brand focusing on functional fashion for equestrians. You may have known her as having certain guides and tools to be able to be more fit for the saddle, but this year FitEc launched a new apparel collection. She is super passionate about sustainable fashion in the equestrian industry, so I thought it would be an interesting topic to dive a little deeper on. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Lauren Mayer. Hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Good, thanks. Well, I've had you on before, but would love to talk to you kind of a little recap. Um, Give me a rundown how you first got in the horse world and then give me a little bit of you know, just a summary of what you've been doing lately. Yeah. So things have definitely changed a lot since the last time I was here, but I'll start from the beginning. I rode a lot as a kid growing up. I have an older sister who's about six and a half, seven years older than me. And she rode, like did the big act and the junior hunters. And I was kind of just the little sister that came along to the barn and I loved it. But when she went off to college, I kind of just fell out of it because she wasn't going every day. And I always wanted to get back into it, but like, obviously life gets in the way and I was doing all these other activities like ballet and getting really interested in fashion, which I'll definitely talk about more today. But I eventually got back into riding when I was, I believe a freshman in college or right before freshman year of college, which kind of sparked the first business that I started, which was the reason I was originally on your podcast the last time that business was called the Fit Equestrian and I created workouts tailored specifically to equestrian athletes. That was super fun. I did that all through college and for about, I believe, two years after college. And it was really fun, but it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Like I I loved it for the time, but I started to feel really burnt out and it just wasn't what I wanted my career to be. And I was always like really interested in fashion and design. I went to like fashion design classes and camps in middle school and like Blair Waldorf was my icon. Like I dressed up every day in middle school and everyone thought I was crazy. So I always wanted to be a fashion designer. So now I'm kind of back. We've rebranded the Fit Equestrian. It's now called Fit Ec and we're just purely a clothing line. So that's what I've been working on for the past about year now. What kind of um, over this last year with the launch of your clothing, obviously, a lot of what you were known for beforehand was, you know, your fitness programs and things like that. What has been the, has there been any pushback? Has there been any confusion? How were you able to kind of successfully pivot between the two kind of obviously umbrellaed under this very similar idea, but going from, you know, service-based or, you know, something that they could download um, to start working on versus product-based? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think there's two main points that kind of helped us there. So the first thing was that between the two businesses, I actually took a year off. So I was offered a job in marketing at like a real, like a real job, uh, which I hadn't had before, because I had always done 
the workout program since graduating college, I was still doing the fitness and I was offered this job in marketing and I took it. It was like a great offer and I was feeling super burnt out at the time. And my plan was to keep the fit equestrian going while I worked there because it, it would have been easy to keep it going as a side job. But I just kind of let it go, which is a little bit sad, but it was the right decision at the time. So I kind of took about a year off from the fit equestrian. We still sold everything online because everything was kind of automated with the digital downloads, but we weren't really posting or marketing at all. So things kind of definitely died down. And then I ended up starting... FitEc again, or back up, I guess, in um, April, April of 2022. So last April. So I think the fact that there was kind of a break, um, it's not like we were marketing all these fitness programs. And then one day we just switched, there was kind of like a big lull and people were wondering what happened, where we went. Um, and that is what happened if anyone's wondering. And then the other part of that, that I think helped was that we did sell some clothing items, right? on the fit equestrian. So that wasn't the main part of the business, but that we definitely did a little bit of like a logo merchandise. So we dabbled in that a little bit already. So that definitely helped the transition as well. Right. And so now FitEc is a clothing company that focuses on, I guess, functional fashion for equestrians. So how would you define functional fashion in terms of, you know, how you see it with the products that you choose for FIDEC and how that then translates to the horse world? Yeah. So for me, it's about like looking cute and fashionable, but still being comfortable and not bothered by anything while you're riding and also being able to wear things in the show ring that are appropriate for the ring you're showing. And I think there's a lot of amazing companies out there that have these like beautiful show clothes, but a lot of times the companies are based in Europe and their kind of standards for show clothing are not what we need. Like if you're in the hunter ring, you don't want like a low collar or you need like all white. So like making sure things are functional and wearable and comfortable, you don't have to fuss with it or your collar's not going to get stained. Like I made sure to make like, this is just a small detail, but all of like our collars are made from the same fabric as the shirt so that it's not that cottony material that's going to get stained easily and be sweaty and itchy. Like everything you should be able to like perform like the athlete that you are and not be like bothered by like something that doesn't fit right or is scratchy. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What kind of led you to explore how to create sustainable functional pieces? Because I know that that's a big part of the FedEx brand. I don't know. I think I've watched like a few documentaries about minimalism and slow fashion. And there was like one statistic that always really stuck with me, or I guess like two. The first one is that there's 92 million tons of clothing that end up in landfills per year. And also that an entire garbage truck full of clothes ends up in a landfill every second. Like that's crazy to me. And so I like wanted to create this clothing brand, but I didn't want to feel like I was contributing to that in any way. So obviously like we are not nearly the biggest offenders to that. Like it's obviously these like big, huge fast fashion brands, but like I want to do what we can and not like overproduce in any way or use a material that's going to be like super harmful for our planet. So yeah, just like personally feels important to me. And I guess like, hopefully we can lead by example, like maybe other brands will catch on as well. And then we can like start a greater movement because I feel like this just isn't talked about in the equestrian world. 
Definitely. Can you tell me a little bit about the difference? I know you mentioned fast fashion and slow fashion. Can you explain what slow fashion is and how it kind of fits into your kind of brand identity with FIDEC? Yeah. So I wouldn't say there's one exact definition, but to us, it means that like you don't need to be creating all these new styles and colors and new launches and releases every single season. It's more about like creating timeless pieces that you can wear like year after year after year. But obviously we don't want to be boring. So that's definitely a challenge. Like we want to have like fun colors and cute designs, but it just doesn't need to have such a, like the trend cycle doesn't need to be so fast. And I think that's the problem with fast fashion is that like every month there's a new trend. And so you buy the trend and then it goes out of fashion. So on the other hand, slow fashion is like, what styles and designs can I produce and buy myself that are going to like last more than one month before they go out of style and then I'm going to donate it to Goodwill and then no one's going to buy it and then it's going to end up in a landfill. I know we've talked a little bit about this before, but I know one of your favorite things to talk about is your kind of cost per wear of an item. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. That's like my favorite thing ever. So (laughs) it's like, it'll become all of your favorites too, because it's the best way to justify buying something expensive. So (laughs) the cost per wear is basically the cost or the purchase price of the item that you have divided by the number of times you've worn it. So let's say you have a top that's $20 and you wear it 10 times before you donate it or sell it, then its cost is $2. So like this example is really cool to me. So let's say you buy a $20 top from Forever 21 and you wear it like two times and then it starts like killing or falling apart and you end up donating it because it just isn't working for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe it goes out of style and you don't like it anymore. That costs $10 per wear. But if you buy a $300 pair of breeches and you've had them for like three years and you wear them, let's say like once a week, so like about 150 times, that's 300 divided by 150. That's only $2 per wear. Wow. So your Forever 21 top costs $10 and your $300 breeches cost $2. So obviously, you know, don't go out and buy a bunch of $300 pairs of pants, but it's just a good way of looking at your closet and thinking like, how much did this item actually cost me? What's the real cost of this item? Like, it seems easy to go out and buy like 20 $10 tops and say like, I'm saving money. But mm-hmm. you might be better off like spending and investing money in a quality piece with a company that's going to stand by the quality. And if it does start to rip or pill before it should, they'll stand by it and replace it or give you a discount on a new one. Totally. Yep. I love that. You don't have to be in the horse world for very long to understand that safety is such a big part of our sport. Ride EquiSafe offers the broadest selection of safety equipment in North America. Their broad selection really means that they can be a brand diagnostic and really focus on what's best or most appropriate for each individual rider. They don't push certain brands on people. They really do take a look at the individual rider to find which pieces would be the best. If there's a piece of safety equipment that they don't carry, there's usually a very specific reason why. 
Ride Equisafe is the only company in North America whose primary business priority is keeping riders safe in the saddle. They also offer a selection of boutique equestrian apparel to ensure you're not just safe, but you're also stylish in the saddle. So to get more information, visit their website at rideequisafe.com. That's ride, E-Q-U-I-S-A-F-E.com. I've seen you also post some stain removal tutorials before, and I love that. I think that it is um, definitely something that's near and dear to my heart too, because I'm always, um, I've done stuff with like getting stains out of saddle pads, getting stains out of my riding breeches, you know, especially like your tan and white ones when you have that kind of like stain from your saddle. So I'm really into that too. And I think that is also like a big part of knowing the tips and tricks as far as doing things like that to help your clothing last longer. But a lot of that has to do with the quality of the clothing in the first place, that it can kind of withstand those washings and, you know, those tips to be able to, you know, keep being useful for you. Yeah, totally. I think it's like a good combination of like, high quality materials and high quality labor being put into whatever the clothing item is. Mm-hmm. And then also you taking care of it at home. Like if it says, don't put it in the dryer, don't put it in the dryer. Like right. if you're putting your stuff and like, honestly, most stuff is probably better off is definitely better off not going in the dryer. Like all sure. of our, all of our clothes are basically, yeah, everything's supposed to be hung to dry. So definitely would recommend doing that if you can, but yeah, just taking a little bit of extra effort, it'll definitely make your clothes last longer and you can start to invest in higher quality pieces that'll last you longer um, instead of like feeling this constant turnover. Cause it's just so sad when like you buy a shirt, like even if it's not a fast fashion shirt, like you buy a shirt and you wear it twice. Sometimes even if it's $200, it feels like it's starting to fall apart. And Mm -hmm. like, I think it's important I think it's also important that brands stand behind their products. Like we will always, if something, if you've taken care of something properly and like it starts to fall apart because it, it happens. Like right. our clothes, like our new collection is being like literally handmade by real people in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. like, obviously there's going to be imperfections here and there. They're not machines. They're using machines, but right. they aren't machines. So if something falls apart or comes apart, like companies really should stand by the product and replace it for free or give a discount if it's been like a few years and it's falling apart. But yeah, like it's definitely a combination of all of that, taking care of your clothes. Totally. And I know this all sounds great in theory, but the reality is I think where a lot of people move towards fast fashion is that it is just like simply cheaper. It's like what people, some people can afford. So can you tell me a little bit about that or some options to be able to still access slow fashion products, but maybe at a price point that's more agreeable to that person? Yeah, totally. So I definitely would like to point out there definitely like are some brands that are doing a good job in this industry and being sustainable, but are at a lower price point, especially brands that sell direct to consumer like we, we did that for a while and you definitely can keep your costs down that way. If you're mm-hmm. selling direct to consumer and cutting out the retailer, but we have made the decision to work with retailers because we find that it's more sustainable for us because people can try on the clothes in person and make sure they really love it before sure. they like get it shipping something somewhere and then them not liking it and then returning it back, shipping it again. That's like a lot of extra. So it's definitely just a decision by brand, but 
I would definitely look for brands that like just definitely do your research and maybe you'll be able to find a brand that's selling shirts for 30, 40 bucks, but is doing good in the industry. And maybe they are like made well, but my biggest tip would be to look for a secondhand product. So mm-hmm. obviously if we're talking like non-equestrian style, like definitely go look in Goodwill, go to like a really nice area, like a wealthy town totally. and go look in their Goodwill. Like you can find Lululemon, you can find lots of cool stuff. And I honestly shop so much on Poshmark. Like if I ever am looking for something online and I know what my size is in that brand, like I'll just go see if they have it on Poshmark because like, I mean, it obviously saves money, but it just feels so much better to buy something that's like someone's like, if they don't sell it on Poshmark, they're probably going to go drop it off at Goodwill. And if it doesn't sell there, it's going to end up in a landfill. Like you could be saving this piece of clothing and like giving it a new life where the person that has it now doesn't love it and doesn't use it. So I'd always rather buy something secondhand if it's in the quality that I'm looking for mm-hmm. or the condition that I'm looking for. I'd always rather buy it secondhand if, if it makes sense for me. And obviously you can save money that way too. But in terms of like equestrian brands, I know the Tack Hack is great and Equestrian Closet is basically like Poshmark, but for equestrian stuff, they're great. So I would just look like on there and see if you can find some of those like high quality brands that are made really well and see if you can find what you're looking for at a better price. But yeah, and I I think obviously like no one's gonna, I mean, I'm not saying I don't shop fast fashion. I went to H&M the other day and bought a few things like, it's all about balance, like do what you can. And just yeah, do what you can. Like I bought some things from H&M. But then I also like went and looked for something for four hours and like, scoured the internet looking on secondhand sites for a specific pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, like, so yeah. just it's all about balance, do what you can. But it really does feel good to make a little bit of a difference. And hopefully we can like stop having an entire garbage truck full of clothes end up in a landfill every second. Like, mm-hmm it doesn't feel like you're doing that much when you like buy something secondhand, but it really can make a difference if we all start doing it. Totally. Yeah. I love it. And there, I think that there are becoming more and more places to go to for secondhand shopping for equestrian apparel. Like you mentioned some great ones. I've used tried equestrian for years or like I'll send my clothes there on consignment or like I've gotten stuff there before. And it's just a great, it's a great way because it solves so many problems, right? Like it allows consumers to be able to, you know, buy gently used or sometimes even new things for cheaper. And it's also, you know, allowing us to keep using products that have more life to them instead of them, you know, ending up in random places. I, I know that in the past, um, like people or, you know, people at my barn didn't know what to do with their ride with their like old riding clothes. And they're like, well, I guess I'll just like take them to Goodwill. But obviously, you know, depending on, unless you're like in Wellington or like somewhere where it's like very equestrian, that doesn't really make sense either. So being able to have more of these places that really cater towards equestrian apparel and allow people to know exactly, you know, the places to go to find these pieces. Um, I think the industry as a whole has gotten so much better with that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and there's lots of like local consignment stores too. I know there's like some in Wellington and here I'm in Pennsylvania, but there's a place called Maryland Saddlery. There's like a location in Maryland and in Delaware. And like, Mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of local places and those probably have even better prices than the online places. So yeah, like go look around, see like 
I would definitely recommend if you're ever looking for something new, see if you can find it, even if it's a pair of boots and you actually want them new, like see if you can find them new with tags, like Mm -hmm. they're already made sitting in someone's closet or in some store and they're just a better price. And then, yeah, like you're saving money and the environment, it's like such a win-win. What would you say is an area of the industry that you are passionate about that you feel like the rest of the horse world either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? I feel like now that we've talked about all this, it's probably not so exciting, but I would say <laughs> like slow fashion for a question is what I am passionate about totally. that not that many other people are. Like I love that I feel like in the past 10 years, we've all become a little more like stylish and there's definitely like a lot more variety in the style. And I love that. Like now we can all kind of show our personal style, like in the equestrian world, whereas I feel like 15, 20 years ago, we were, we were definitely all wearing the exact same thing, totally the same brand of pants and the same brands of shirts Mm -hmm. like daily. And now we can all kind of like show our personalities. But with that definitely comes like more of a trend cycle in our industry and like a little bit more, I wouldn't say like any equestrian brand is close to fast fashion at all, but like definitely it could be slower. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm definitely passionate about that. And I would love for more people to be passionate about that as well, because I feel like we can definitely become a little bit slower with our trends, but still look stylish. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think it also like extends to, you know, like other businesses and brands in the industry that don't just do clothing, but even just like products in general with things they can do with shipping and packaging and um, returns and exchanges and and things like that, that really do help the environment by really, you know, decreasing the amount of products that we are shipping back and forth and, and doing that. So I think that also makes a really big impact too. Yeah. I think this is another great tip that I have is that like, I mean, I don't know if there's anywhere nowadays that you can't return something online. I'm sure unless you're buying something that's final sale, but typically you can always return something that you've bought online. And I think something a lot of us tend to do is we order something online. You're so excited about it. You finally get it in and you put it on and you're like, eh, it's not like as great as I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Return it. Like, don't let it sit in your closet, wear it once, then like kind of just let it sit there and be feel guilty about it. Like, return it and keep looking for that perfect piece. Like if the breeches gap a little bit in the back or they're kind of scratching the ankle, like don't settle, like ship it back. Don't let it sit in your closet and just like make you feel guilty about it. Right. Yeah. That's great advice. I know that is good advice for me too, because I am currently staring at my closet that is just absolutely overflowing and I feel like I'm definitely guilty of that where or I have the like the idea where I'm like well I don't really like wear this that often but like just in case the opportunity would present itself that I'd need this color or this thing and then I find myself keeping stuff that I wear you know maybe once a year so I always try like every season to like go through my closet and continue like I'm always I always have like this goal in mind of having like a capsule wardrobe where like everything kind of like inner intermingles and is all kind of like coordinated to make multiple different outfits with fewer pieces of clothing Um, and that's that that aligns more with my style anyways I'm pretty I'm I'm very neutral when it comes to like what I wear. And so that should be even easier in theory to do that. But yeah, I think it's so easy to get caught up in just collecting and collecting and collecting. 
Yeah. And it's so hard, especially when you're interested in fashion and style, because I feel like it's really easy to love a piece and have yeah. it in your closet. And like, we all go through different phases of life and I have stuff sitting in my closet, like all these formal dresses that I just like love right. to death and they're like, they were expensive and I love them and they like bring me joy just to look at them. Mm-hmm. And I think like, that's fine. Like yeah. but if something's like nagging you when you look at it in your closet, like see if you can sell it. Like I always, sometimes if I'm on the fence about something, I'll put it up on Poshmark or somewhere else and like see put it up for like a little bit higher than I would normally sell something for and sure. like if someone if someone buys it then like they'll probably Great. want it more than me but like I won't like accept offers on it or anything I'll just put it yeah. up and like see what happens and if if over time I'm like eh, I didn't really miss it it's fine or like I'll put stuff in a bin yeah, that's a great tip too is like I would take stuff that you're on the fence about and like put it in a bin and put it away. And then like, if you don't think about it and it's been a year, then definitely <laughs> it's time. time to move on. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is a really good tip too. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time to talk a little bit about fashion, what you're doing with the Fit Ec now and the importance of slow fashion and ways that we can, you know, continue to move in that direction individually, but also, you know, brands and throughout the equestrian world. So thank you so much for taking the time. It's always fun chatting with you and I wish you all the best. Yeah. Thanks so much. So fun chatting with you too. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.